Hello everyone, this is Stacy. Mum is busy relaxing on the beach and worrying some flamingos. I hope you've all enjoyed series three. Now, I know there are some people over in America who got a little worried when we said that it was the last of the series. For you, I'll translate, it's the last of season three. We'll be back with series four or season four very soon. But in the meantime, I thought I would put together a few unheard clips from the last series. Now, some of these clips have been left out because it didn't quite fit into the main episodes, but that doesn't mean that they're any less funny. If this is the first time you're listening to Rough Giraffe, Rough Giraffe is a comedy trivia podcast where I talk to mum about a different subject in each episode. I'd suggest you probably go back and have a listen to a couple of episodes before listening to this one. Some really great ones have been the dating episode in series two, that's episode eight. The eyes episode is also a great one and the last episode we did, the cheese episode, was really fun. So go back and have a listen to them and then come on back to us and have a listen to some of the unheard bits. We're going to start with something that you would never usually hear on the podcast and that's mum doing her warm-up and sound check. So let's get on with the show. La 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 la, la 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 la, okay. Oh, it's Belle the Lovely Dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Belle the Lovely Dog and Mummy in the Bungalow. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Belle the Lovely Dog. Belle the Lovely Dog and Mummy in the Bungalow. You was wagging your tail in time to that, weren't you? See, we can do a jingle. Of course, the opening to our podcast is now a classic hello stacy hello mum but sometimes we want to be a little bit more formal so here's me and mum having a little bit of fun with the opening hello mother hello hello Stacey. how are you hello anastasia hello darling <laughs> how's work been uh, spiffing thank you for asking Our last episode of the series was all about cheese and we talk about cheese surprisingly quite frequently during our podcast, uh, even if it's not the main subject. We talked about so many different bits of cheese and we've got lots of bits that you didn't hear about. So here are a few clips of us talking about different types of animal cheese and and also talking about world records and the nation's favourite cheeses. So then we go from something we've talked about before, in some respects, donkey cheese. Oh, that's expensive, isn't it? Poulet cheese, it's called. It's a delicacy and it's made on a farm in Serbia. Costs around £700 pounds sterling a pound. That's... 
bonkers. And it is quite difficult to milk a donkey, as we found out earlier when we were talking about these. They don't have any udders. Oh, yes. Now, what did we talk about donkey nipples? We did talk about donkey nipples. They haven't really got udders. Yeah. So they have to be milked by hand three times a day. Okay. Just get a little bit of milk each time. And then it makes uh, a very strong, salty, crumbly white cheese. Okay. Similar to a Wensleydale. Which isn't a bad cheese, but I wouldn't pay that much money for a bit of, I was going to say donkey butter. (laughs) (laughs) A bit of donkey cheese. A bit of donkey cheese. And then there's moose cheese. Moose cheese. Yes. They eat it in Russia and Sweden. Okay. But it all comes from one place. From the udders? No, the elk house. They've only got three lactating moose there at the minute. Oh. The moose are called Gulan, Helga and Juno. Yeah. And they only lactate from May till September. Okay. Well, they get to have Christmas off then. Uh, yeah. So there's only three moose that are lactating in Sweden. That make cheese. There must be moose everywhere else. Not everywhere else, but there must be moose in other places that do cheese. Cheese cheese mooses. Well, like salmon moose. (laughs) Is it like a souffle? That's cheese mousse, isn't it? It is. There must be cheese mousses. I keep going to say cheese mice, but that's not what I mean. Cheese mousses. Do they really milk guinea pigs? Where do they do that? Um, it doesn't say. Just says milking guinea pigs is a two-man operation with one person holding the animal and it takes about ten minutes. The record milk yield for a guinea pig so far is 7.8 grams from one guinea pig. Oh, it's pointless, isn't it? I could spit more than that. Not spit more milk. I just could spit more than that. I'm going to say that's quite a party (laughs) trick. If you can can just conjure that up. We know now it takes one and a half seconds to eat a slice of cheese. Right. How long do you think it takes to eat... A 500 gram block of cheddar. With or without biscuits? Without biscuits. This man is just chowing down on a block of cheddar. Two minutes. Yeah, I could eat it in two minutes. Okay, this guy has taken three minutes and 56 seconds. Okay. You might have another world record. Does it have to be cheddar? Yes. Because I could definitely eat 500 grams of Red Leicester in under three minutes. Oh, Red Leicester, I think, is pointless cheese. Why do you say that? It doesn't have any flavour. Do you know Red Leicester is number three on the top ten cheese chart? Yeah, because people think that it's good. I read that they put red dye into cheese to make it look more expensive, but it's actually not. They used to do that a lot before. Yeah. No no cheese is coloured like that. No, so they're putting the dye into... There's, like, there's no way a cow is having red or orange milk. They don't have yellow milk either. If it is, we're not really be drinking it, are we? No, you wouldn't You wouldn't be going, Ooh. Oh, I've just thought of something amazing. What? What if in the future you got, like get a cow, right? Yeah. And when you do it, like milkshake comes out. So... If you just fed the cow like strawberries, yes, you get like strawberry milk or strawberry smoothie 
or banana, but cows would love bananas. <laughs> Chocolate. So you just feed them what you want? I know it's not cheese, but from that, there could be yogurt, couldn't there? 80% of the British public said that they liked cheddar when the uh, Telegraph did a poll. I mean, it's classic, isn't it? That's, that's basically what you get. Best cheese in Britain, cheddar. Yes. But here's a bit of a question. What cheese do you think the British public chose as their second favourite? I'm going to say mature cheddar. No. <laughs> Extra mature cheddar? No. Um... Dairyly triangles. No. Are you getting closer? Oh, F- Phil- Philadelphia. No. Oh, um. How long we got to go? I'm going to just tell you. <laughs> go on. Mozzarella. Oh. I'm guessing it's because all this pizza everybody's eating. Yeah, that's that's unusual. And then Red Leicester was number three. Yeah. And Brie was number four. I can't get into brie. I only like brie if it's on sourdough toasted bread, melted with bacon and caramelised onion pickle. What's number five? Wensleydale. Oh, didn't that, like, that only came back because of Wallace and Gromit? That is absolutely right. Yeah. It was just about ready to go under. And now it's like a standard cheese i think i probably have wensleydale maybe like three times a year which is actually quite a lot cauliflower cheese with wensleydale cheese sauce is like the best i've never thought of that Uh, do you think anybody's ever made cheese from cat milk yeah (laughs) i hope not do you think anybody's drunk cat milk yes yes i do oh wouldn't they look cute with little breast pumps on? Or <laughs> just like just sitting there watching TV. <laughs> yeah. I imagine them with a fag in their mouth. <laughs> That's only after they've milked. <laughs> just just Oh yeah, just oh, just doing the milking. With a jazz voice. Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kipper's getting annoyed. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, Kipper. Kipper. Now, episode 10 of series 3 was all about the penis. And we talked about lots of unusual penises, but there was one animal that I didn't quite talk about in the main show, which doesn't necessarily have an unusual penis, but it is named after somebody else's penis. Anyway, I'll let me explain. Oh, I've got one more unusual animal penis. Okay, which is? It's from a fish called Phallostethus culling. Okay. I've probably said that very wrong, but this penis sprouts... (laughs) This fish has a penis that sprouts out of its head. Well, to be be more precise, it comes out from under its throat. Mm. And the reason for that is so it can grab the ladies with its mouth and uh, do the deed with its throat penis. All a bit weird. There's so many weird and wonderful things about the penis in general. I mean, we haven't even touched the surface, have we? No. In any respect. No. Have you heard about the Bobbit worm? Oh dear, is this to do with Mrs. Bobbit? Well, it's more to do with Mr. Well, yes, I suppose Mr. or Mrs. Bobbit. Yes, so t- tell us about that. The Bobbit worm is actually named after John Bobbit, 
Now, some people might remember the Bobbits. There was Lorena Bobbit who cut off her husband's penis and threw it out of the window of a moving car. And um, Why did she do this, by the way? He was a bit mean to her. Mm, okay. She basically just snapped one day and cut his penis off. And he got it sewed back on and... Uh, he actually became a, a bit of a porn star after that. Did he? <laughs> yeah. He had two films. One was called John Wayne Bobbit Uncut. Right. And the other was called Franken Penis. Okay. Now, did this penis still work? Yes, as far as I'm aware, it did. Yes. That is amazing then if they got it to work. But the Bobbit worm, basically, it's a three metre long worm that that sits underneath like the the floor of the ocean and hides there and when its prey comes past it pounces out and grabs it and it's got such sharp teeth that when it grabs the, its prey it cuts it in half oh i see that's why it's called the bobbit worm what was it called before that it's called Eunice Aphroditois. Just Eunice then. Eunice. Her name's Eunice. Okay. <laughs> but now it's called the Bobbit Worm. That's just amazing. Yeah, then they're, they're very nasty. I've seen them on TV. They get brought into fish tanks, like at aquariums and things, when they're like really tiny. By by accident. By accident, when they're like a tiny little thing, like, you know, you'd never see it. And then it hides under the gravel at the bottom of the tank and just grows and grows and grows and then aquarium staff started seeing fish go missing and didn't know why the fish were going missing does it actually eat them yes it does it doesn't just come out and chew them enough so it's like half a fish no it, it eats them completely but so the fish were going missing and it was a very long time before they realized that this three meter long monster worm was underneath the gravel it sounds like a like a horror film it's horrible at Rough Giraffe, we love facts. We're all about facts. Sometimes we just tell each other facts and it's extremely interesting, but we kind of don't find anything funny about it because it's just so interesting. A lot of the time, those really interesting facts don't quite make it into the show. Here I am telling mum all about the history of the condom. Now, there isn't much to find funny about the history of the condom, but boy, is it interesting. Do you want to know about the history of condoms? Yeah, see, that's something completely different. Yes, please. <laughs> completely different. Well, it's willy clothes, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I suppose so. So before the 1500s, there aren't many references to condoms or even male contraceptive. However, there were some writings in Muslims and Jewish culture during the Middle Ages, where there were references to attempts at male contraceptive, including covering the penis in tar. <gasps> I know. Or soaking it in onion juice. Mm. Going to bring tears to your eyes. Yeah. And then in the 1500s, when syphilis was getting popular, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> men thought, oh, better put something on the end of this. And so the early condoms were made but they only covered the glands so just the the head of the penis okay and they were linen sheaths soaked in chemicals and then dried out and they just covered the glands and they were secured with a little ribbon sounds pretty doesn't it oh bless i mean now you'd have it secured with a cable tie wouldn't you yeah 
exactly. But, you know, modern times and all that. In Japan, they used tortoiseshell or animal horn. Or covered it over. and You wouldn't feel it, would you? Well, it depends. If, if they're just covering the glands, that's just... I don't quite understand how they're keeping that on. Not the glands in your neck we're talking about, are we? Not glands we're talking about, with a D. We're not talking, glands. No, we're talking out without the D, aren't we? Yes. In the 1600s, they realised that these these glands coverings weren't just stopping spreading disease, they were stopping pregnancies as well. Uh-huh. And so the Catholics got really upset. They said it was immoral to, to use them, but it didn't stop people using them. And then things moved on. So the glove industry was using cleaned and prepared animal intestines to make gloves. And these started being used as condoms. Okay. So condoms were being used just by the upper classes. They were really quite expensive. For a, I'm going to say, an average prostitute, a single condom would be the same as three months' pay. Okay, so she'd use it more than once then? She'd use it more than once if she could afford to buy it at all. And what would this be made from? That, so back then, that was intestines. And then, when Charles Goodyear invented rubber vulcanisation in nineteen, sorry, in 1839, the first rubber condoms were then produced uh, in 1855. So because rubber was then um, invented, they could do, they could make rubber condoms. Okay. When they first created them in rubber, men had to go to their doctors to get measured and fitted for the condoms and they again still only covered the the tip of the penis not all of it and they kept falling off unsurprisingly so then someone decided it would be best if you do a full length sheath right and that's when the modern day condom was uh, created as it were see that's really interesting yeah there's there's lots of politics around in it which i wouldn't really go into but giving women a way of avoiding pregnancy and being able to work is very liberating it's just that women at the time found that men were controlling the contraceptive because you know it has to involve men uh, so women were using things like pessaries pessaries um sticking sticking things up in there and were trying to create their own female condoms to try and protect themselves but um but yeah it's interesting to look back on the history we all know that mum loves a pirate here's an unheard clip from our eyes episode in which she's talking about pirates and their exceptional eyesight have you got anything else? Well, only about pirate patches. Oh, I want to hear about pirate patches. Well, I think we did this... You know when I was telling you about me dating? Yes. I think we did this then, but it is about eyes. Okay. Uh, this is... There's two things, something else I found out. So one thing is, the story is that pirates used to keep the eye patch on and they'd swap it over when they went into the dark room. Yes, yeah. Right, okay. And they said we got their eye dark ready. Yeah, so they, they had one ready for the dark. Yeah, so they could just quickly adjust to, to no light under uh, under the ship. I keep saying that. Below deck. Okay. Yeah. 
Under the ship, the eye patch is not going to do a lot of good. <laughs> You're going to need a snorkel, <laughs> an aqualung. <laughs> yeah, nothing. I don't think it's going to get you below ship ready. No. Well, also, I read there was a tradition that they used to wear a gold earring in the same side because they thought it improved their eyesight. In what way? I have no I have no way of telling you in what way. I don't know any pirates now, do I? Not oh. since me date, dating's gone awry. But how would an earring help your eyesight? I don't know. I don't know these things. I'm just telling you what it said. So that's it from our unheard bit. I hope you enjoyed hearing those clips. Very often, me and mum just end up in fits of laughter and sometimes I don't know why. Now, I found this clip on my computer. I have no context, I don't understand what it's about, but it seems I found something really quite funny. If you can work out which episode this relates to, send us an email at roughgiraffepodcast at gmail.com or get in touch with us on the social media, Twitter, at Rough Giraffe Pod, Instagram at Rough Giraffe Podcast, and our Facebook group. And if you can work out which episode this is from, I'll send you a prize. And with that, I'll say goodbye. Check out all our social media accounts to find out what we'll be doing for the next series. We want lots of listener interaction. There'll be lots of opportunities for you to get involved. And we'll have lots of merchandise and prizes to give away. So, bye for now. is part of Brit Pod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com or BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> no, the dog's just fallen off the bed.